Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders and... The league, the rules, the punishments, the trash talk. Yahoo Fantasy Football starts with you, Kamish. It all fires up when you get the league back together. And while you've spent the offseason doing whatever non-fantasy football thing it is that you do, Yahoo has spent the offseason making some serious upgrades to enhance your league's experience. So when you hit that Renew League button on yahoo.com slash fantasy football, your season will be legendary. Grab the league, set a draft date, and let the fantasy football flow. Renew your league now at yahoo.com slash odds fantasy football all right welcome to against all odds part of the ringer podcast network cousin sal here with tate frazier ceo producer of the podcast what's happening tate not too much happy to be in the studio with you sal been a long time yeah yeah how's the summer going are you uh actually i saw last week you're playing ball with golfing with greg odin yeah, right. I, I I went to Ohio, played some golf with Greg Oden. He's a uh, he's a lot better golfer than you would think. Uh, then I went to Chicago, went to Wrigley Field for the first time. I've been been all over the place. Got to go to Vegas tomorrow, so I, I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm I'm going uh, to too many places at this point, but it's a lot of fun. Water polo with Anthony Bennett. You got it. You got everything set up. This <laughs> yes. is great. All, that's, all the that's in a couple of weeks. I got to get ready for that. <laughs> we went to Dallas with the Degenerate Trifecta a couple yes. weeks back. Uh, they'll be back next week. There's, I, I tell you, it's, it's the dog days of summer, and there's not a lot to give away in terms of best bets. So I, I, I just can't in good conscience force people to listen for 45 minutes so that at the end of the podcast, Harry gives out the Phoenix Mercury Indiana Fever <laughs> over 138 and a half, right? So I couldn't do that to people. But So we've been filling these summer weeks with guests, and we have a nice lineup this week. Later on, I'll be talking to World Series of Poker main event champion John Sin. He took home $8.8 million a couple weeks back. And mm. uh, I don't know, Tate, I, I assume he'll give us 40, 50 grand. For, yeah, we need a little bit. Yeah, for just letting him come on the show, right? Yeah, of course. All right, but on the line right now, one of my favorites, a kindred spirit, if you will. You know him from HBO's Crashing. He hosts his own podcast, the Artie Quitter podcast. And now he has a new book out. I think it's his third. This one's called Wanna Bet, fittingly, about his life as a degenerate gambler. My favorite book in a long, long time. Artie Lang, thanks for coming on Against All Odds. <laughs> Artie, we know each other, and I'm a big fan, but you know who's not a big fan is my wife, because I was reading your book the other night, cackling my fat ass off at two in the morning, and I, I woke her up literally every three pages with a belly laugh. It really was something else. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I was saying that this is the third book that I wrote with the great Anthony Bowser, and I, I think it's our funniest book. Too Fat to Fish went in and out of funny and other stuff, but uh, Crash and Burn was a dark tale. This is uh, this is trying to be funny, so I appreciate the laugh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, they, they were all great, but this one hit home especially for me. You have so many terrific stories in this book that I want to go over, so why don't you just go ahead and tell all of them? No, no, that... <laughs> I'll start alphabetical. Okay, good. No, what I want to first talk about is you put the mean the meaning you put behind gambling. You laid it out. You laid out an interesting way. You defined it as making a choice to defy the comfort zone at all costs. Did I get that right? 
Absolutely. That's what uh, that's what you want to do, because that to me is uh, makes something interesting. You know, you get rid of the comfort in the situation and you're not bored. Yeah, that it's a combination of, yeah, you're bored. You have to get something. I mean, you 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 comment. I don't want to give too many of the stories away, but you comment. You've actually made bets before that, you know, you were going to lose 100 percent. <laughs> Just to have action. Yeah. Just to have action. Well, no, you know what happened is uh, when you combine vices, a gambling combined with drinking, I used to work at the port as a longshoreman. What I would do is on a Monday night, this happened twice, on a Monday night football night, I didn't want to get drunk before I, uh, I, I bet, so I would get off work at 5 before I went to the bar to meet the guys. I would bet on the game, sober at 5. Then right. I would get ossified drunk, forget my uh, bearings in life, and then 7.30 I'd call and bet on the other team. <laughs> So all I could do was lose the VIG. And the next day, I called the bookie. I said, why did you let me do that? And he goes, because you have to learn a lesson in life. I'm like, well, thanks, doctor. <laughs> you know, it, it, unbelievable. Right. Uh, you meet characters like that, too, like bookies. and Yeah, no, that is uh, not, a com- not a comfort zone, but it's far from boring. Yeah, right. But don't you wish, and I know this, this gets in deep, but don't you wish one vice didn't trigger the other? Because physically, you're not a wreck when you lose a $10,000 bet. It, it, it has ramifications for sure. But you could you could kind of shake it off like it's it's so bad, right? That you can't do one without the other. Right. Well, listen, I I, uh, I think it's almost impossible for me. That's the problem. And yeah. and what happens is the bad things just escalate. Like uh, if I put a you know a five dollar bet on a roulette table tonight at nine o'clock, by tomorrow morning at uh, eleven, I'd be running guns to Cuba. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I, I'd have a I'd have a porn ring. I, you know, it's just, I would start being a worse person progressively. Right. And that's the problem. That's the problem. You know, a, a bet on Virginia Tech on a Tuesday night goes better with a little blow. And right. that's the problem. Yeah, it's sad. And a, a lot of people don't understand it, but like you, I think you've commented, I don't think you were kidding when you said you had like 25000 on a coin toss. And, you know, yeah. I, I've lost a lot of money on the length of national anthems, uh, coin tosses. And people, people are like, yeah. why? People are like, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you losing before the game even starts? And I say, like, it doesn't matter. A bet is a bet, and I need to fuel the right. sickness, right? Instant, instant, the action. I think uh, people who gamble on stuff that they know about, they take time to research. That's like having a job. Who cares about that? This is a, like, I know guys who grind it out, live in hotels in Atlantic City, have dropped out of society off the grid, and they live like in motels in AC, which can get bad, and they play craps. They know how to play, they're good at it, and if they grind it out for eight hours, they know they'll win with the odds. But that's like a job, you yeah. know, and uh, that's, how they, that's how they look at it. When you bet on something you don't know about, like a high school lacrosse game, that's what it's from. Right, right. And I remember you you and uh, Norm McDonald telling stories about how you would, I mean, what was, he would, that you could bet these college, was it college hockey? That was big. Yeah, no, he, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He had a thing, he always had a system, Norm. Right. Like, uh, and, and, and with Norm's system, I was always down by, by 30 grand by midnight. <laughs> right, uh, right. You know, he, he would, in craps, he had a thing where you, oh, yeah, man, listen, you bet the dumb pass. You always bet against the roller. Yeah, right. And then if you lose, you double it up. And I'm telling you, by the end of the night, and I was rolling once. And I rolled, this never happened before, three sevens in a row. He had ten grand against me, and he lost, he lost $30,000 in about 40 seconds. And uh, I won ten grand. And he was like, holding his uh, stomach with an ulcer, like, congratulations. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I did the don't pass thing. I have this guy, David Chang, who's a restaurateur out here and in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had a, pretty much the same uh, system, don't pass, you, except you can't really celebrate. You're, you're, you're pumping your fist on the side of the table but uh, right. 
Yeah, but we had a thing. We were betting. We were betting positive for us when we would roll and negative for the guys at the end of the table, and they were doing the same. So we were doing. We it, it got physical oh. because with dice you could actually aim. You could aim to hit the other guy, and like the pit boss had to reprimand us and stuff. It was really getting dumb, but but it was, uh, yeah, it was but nice. Again, it, it makes it it makes it interesting. Once there was a guy, there's a guy out in Vegas who uh, claims he can teach anybody how to win a million dollars in craps in like two weeks. His name is Doctor Dice. Right. And one time I, I played uh, craps with Dice Clay and Dr. Dice. And talk <laughs> about confusing after a while. Uh, Dice, Dice is a really big gambler. That's his thing. Right. Um, like he's not a drinker or anything, but he likes, he likes gambling. He likes playing cards and stuff. And that's the thing. When you see, when you see guys who, you know they don't have those, those physical vices, like the, the liver with booze or you know everything with coke or your brain or heroin takes your soul away. When it's something that's like just gambling and you look at a guy that you know just made like half a million bucks in a weekend and yeah. is slowly giving it away. It's crazy. Right, right. Yeah, and they know it's wrong and they know they know how it ends and the next day and everything else. Tell me you talk yeah, about I mean it's like okay. they hate the people in their life. Like they want to lose it. They don't want their kids to eat well. Right. Right. And you know, here's the thing with you. You uh you uh you hide the fact that you support a lot of people. I mean you you talk about a little bit in your book. So like when you hit rock bottom you're you're letting other people down. You're very charitable. You take care of your friends and your family. Some take advantage of you, but you don't seem to care. You're a, you're a total mensch, responsible for a lot of people. So, I I don't know. I just think like it, it's it's a shame that when you want to have fun with yourself, you, like these people kind of they kind of look down on it. You know, like you you have to yeah. you have to come to their defense, right? Is it too much pressure yeah, sometimes? It's, um, it's unbelievable. Also, people, I resent the fact that people say, you know, if you lead a life that has a lot of vices, you know, because when I screw up, it, it tends to be publicized. Right. And they cover me like a Kardashian lately, for crying out loud. Right. I think I'm the biggest screw-up who's a G-list celebrity, so <laughs> it's making me more famous for being uh, dumb and uh, screw-up than it ever did with comedy. But, you know, it's mostly fun. They don't cover that. It's mostly a good time. Right. You know, and uh, uh, the screw-ups, they, they talk about They don't talk about the fun nights when, you know, uh, the hooker was good looking and could speak English and, uh, you know, it's, um, it had the proper contraception. No one's writing and, about know, that. You, you yeah. won. You won with Dr. Dice. It's, yeah. it's usually good. I know. Yeah, no, they're just waiting for you to fall on your face. It, it sucks. It really right. sucks. Right. I, love, I love the deep, degenerate games you played that no one else had access to. Uh, and I'm especially jealous of this. You told me about this, this one particular bet years ago, and I've been trying to find it, and I can't anywhere. Uh, familiarize people with the lightning bet, if you will. Well, yeah. There's very few bookies or anybody who will take that just as a one-on-one -on -one bet. The lightning bet is like heroin for a gambler. Heroin is like heroin for me, but I'm a rare case. But <laughs> this is like the, the juicy action is insane. A lightning bet is basically this. The best way to describe it is in basketball. Say you take the under and over in basketball. And the number on the under over is, say, 180. Uh, okay. Say you bet $1,000 a point lightning bet on the over. That means every point that it goes over 180, you win $1,000. So just say you get to the 180 and it goes into overtime at that number. In overtime, every basket that's made, you uh. win two grand. Uh. Either team, every three-pointer, you win three grand. Now here's the, the, the downside. If you bet the under 1,000 right. points, yeah. every point it goes over, you lose 1,100 with the VIG. Yeah, yeah. 
I will uh, tell you this. Norm MacDonald and I were on the road doing stand-up comedy in the summer of 1998. The Utah Jazz, Chicago Bulls, final game. Norm and I, $1,000 a point, lightning bet the over in the lowest-scoring basketball game in the history of the NBA. Uh, I'll repeat that. $1,000 a point on the over in the lowest-scoring basketball game in the history of the NBA. The Bulls just locked down the Jazz with their defense. I think they scored 45 points. And and, and we each lost, you know, we were making money on the road. We we were down for the tour, 15 grand. Oh, man. That's awful. Unreal. That's awful. Unreal. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. the lightning bet seems fun until you, yeah, something like that, or if you take the under and the game goes triple overtime or whatever oh, the other is. Yeah. Right. But, oh, unbelievable. But if you got the over, forget it. It's nonstop. It's like getting, you know, I don't know what you could say on this, but God, being in a vagina. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you could say yeah. that. You just said it. That's good. No, okay. I, it's, I mean, um, it's um, yeah, it's, but it really is the betters, but there's no, there's no better. I've never heard anything like that you could hit a a triple or you know a trifecta yeah. in horse racing but that's that's just luck and it's instantaneous but as you explain it it's just one basket after another could, could uh, yeah and there's very few bookies who will take it because a small time bookie who even has a juice behind them is connected can can get uh, taken out his entire uh, business can be blown on one game yeah i love it yeah i mean you're like me i from the book i could tell you'll bet on anything i'm I, i'm bored at my kid's Little League baseball game, and I'll drag a friend out there with me because I need action on how many actual putouts these four-year-olds will record because it's not enough that I can enjoy my freaking kid playing baseball. It's very sad, I actually. Had a, I, I wrote a sketch at Mad TV called uh, Joey Devanzo Little League Bookie, and I, I'm at the games, and I'm like, you know, uh, the, the really being aggressive with the kids to get them to, to bet on other teams and throw games. and <laughs> the, the kids that they found in the casting department were, were very good. Awesome. And, uh, uh, I, I make the kid make me an auntie pass when he can't pay me. <laughs> That's great. I don't want to. I don't want to bog you down. Tell you, you. You say you meet a lot of characters in this field, and that's for sure. But I think this guy Dan, you call him, uh, was your friend anyway. Can you tell the Dan yeah. story real quickly? Wait, what do you mean, the bad cop? The Giants, yeah. The the bad the took the cop. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of uh, kid that I went to high school with. Um, you know, uh, very few of us went to college, a blue-collar town. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a county a community college, which was just like a joke. It was like you had a locker if you went there. You know? right. uh, and uh, it was uh, not that much money to go there. I think it was like 600 bucks for uh, one semester, mm-hmm. full tuition. And my buddy Danny, uh, Danny McGrath, I saw him at the beginning of the, you know, right before college was starting after high school. And I said, I heard you're going to Union County Community College. Are you going to Union County? And he goes, it depends on if the Giants cover. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if he had a bet, he bet what the tuition would have been on a Giant game, Giant Redskin Monday night game. And if you look at Danny today, you will know for a fact the Giants did not cover. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. I have a friend, Brad, who had to join the Navy to avoid a bookie. He's actually from the same part of New Jersey you are. He, he was in the Navy for 1,065 days. He was in the Gulf War just to avoid paying like $1,500. Oh, it's, I was the first guy of our friends to put uh, 500 bucks on a game. I lost 550 on a Giant Niner game. Uh, Giants lost by, they didn't cover by half a point. And I had a, the guy, the bookie was also a roofer, and I had helped the guy roof for two straight weeks. Uh-huh. And it was terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, that's great. That's unbelievable. But I, I could never quit, though. I don't know. It's like people get on your case. We talked about it earlier. But, like, we have we know baby Doll Dixon. I think he was your agent at one point. He's still mine. His, he's, oh, James Dixon. James Dixon. He smokes. That's his essence. 
You know, it's like yeah. it's like getting your dog to stop licking its genitals. Yeah, it's like all right, I'm, we we could get him to quit. He could do all this hypnosis, Hollywood hypnosis bullshit, but he's not James <laughs> Baby Doll Dixon without the smoking, right? Isn't there oh, yeah. isn't there something to that for crying out loud? Let him smoke. Yeah, that's I, you right. Know, when I when Dixon was Dixon was my representative of William Morris in New York. The greatest thing about him, uh, as amongst uh, a lot of great things about the great James Dixon, uh-huh. was every three months he would take me to get a steak. Like clockwork at the Palm on 8th Avenue near 50th Street, and uh, it was when he could still smoke in a restaurant. And me and him were both smoking. It looked like the Hindenburg went down in the back. <laughs> we were just smoking and eating steak and and talking. And he's a throwback to the old days. Yeah, I love him. Oh yeah, I love him. Oh yeah, he's great. He's the best. He'll they'll call and curse you out and love you the next day. Uh, I don't know how the, uh, you're a big Yankee fan. I'm a Mets fan. Why, why do you hate the Mets so much? I I feel like that's I feel like that's like the Globetrotters hating the Washington Generals. We're we're not a threat to you, right? We, we're <clears throat> three out of the last fifty years. We were maybe better. What, what is it? Just fun well, to hate the Mets? I'll tell you what. The worst thing you can say about the Mets at this point. It's the one reason to like Bernie Madoff is the New York Mets. <laughs> You know, it could have been a Met town, dude. It could have been a Met town. They were in the series a few years ago. They had a shot. Yeah. They got a pay, they they got money. They could write checks. I don't know what they're doing. Right. But uh, the '86 team, I hated at the time. But now they were just the coolest team ever. Lenny Dykstra with no teeth because sure. they want to give you know uh, a good oral in, in jail. It's unbelievable. <laughs> They are I, such I, a mess. They were a cool team. Now you're, I like them better. You're Yankees. You're probably going to get Syndergaard and the Grom and everybody else, so it won't even matter. But um, yeah. what do you think of the legalization of gambling? Do you think it will, will affect your life? Will it affect, like, <clears throat> you know, you and Norm loading some intern with 50K and making him drive to yeah. Vegas because the bookies ran out on you? That's <laughs> may, maybe, maybe you don't need to deal with that anymore. But is, is it going to affect a lot, you think? I am. Um... I personally like the idea of betting uh, with an illegal bookie. I really yeah. do, because it adds fun to it. Right. Uh, there's an edge to it. Again, it gets part of the action. Yeah. Um, and I know some bookies that I've dated, some girlfriends I had were bookies, and they're going to go out of business. Uh, it's like when weed dealers went out of business in California, those guys had to get like landscaping jobs or something right. they were qualified for. Um, it's going to really affect the mafia. It might be the last place they had a lock on. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you know, but uh, the sports book—if they have anywhere near like the Mirage in Vegas, so where you can bet on two, uh, you know, kids playing wiffle ball in Minnesota—yeah, uh, you can bet <laughs> on anything. I, I will love that. I will easily adjust to that because that's where a man can still be a man. That's right. That's exactly right. But you know what? I don't think the bookies will go on that. I don't think for two reasons. I think people like playing on credit, and people like mm-hmm. being people like being anonymous. You know, and that's that, true. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a good point. You just pick up the phone, don't have to lay out the money. Yeah, you, um, get, you know, there's a lot of people. Look, there's a there's a long line, ladies and gentlemen, a long line next to the Easy Pass line. When those people online waiting for an hour, you know, could probably get a credit card, but they don't want someone to know where they've been. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, one more You're thing, right. real quick. Do you ever try to rank the rushes, like? We'll, we'll stay away from the drugs for a second, but what, like, what what was a bigger rush for you? Killing on Letterman or winning in cards, or is it all the same? Could you or can you not separate? Um, well, look, killing on Letterman was something else. Um, right. That was uh, that was like you know a dream come true. The, 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 you know Stern mm-hmm. and Letterman. I, the, I had a seventy-two hour period or forty-eight hour period in my career where I was 
the first guest on Letterman, the two segments and killed. I did my job, which was co-hosting the Howard Stern show and played a sold out Carnegie Hall. Oh, and that is a, one of those uh, moments in life where you go, you know what? Uh, I, I want to find my guidance counselor from high school and just tell him to go screw. Right. Uh, because exactly. that combined was a bigger rush than anything except heroin and cocaine. Right. <laughs> and throw uh, throw engine poker in there, too, right? Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Artie, thanks for coming. I'll tell you, thanks also for being nice to my buddy Mario Bosco. I know he uh, he looks up to you, and uh, <laughs> you, you took care of him. And uh, he's, he's, well, uh, he's trying to yeah, he stand up. up. To everybody. <laughs> it's true. He, He's he looks up to everybody. He's, you know what? I gotta tell you, I, I, uh, I was hoping he would uh, learn from the first time and not put himself through the hell of, of not going through stand-up. But he's better than I thought. He gets laughs. I love, I love that he's doing all right. And he latched on to that. He love, he really does love it. He's, uh, you know, he's got a couple of clunkers in there, but I think we, we, you know, he reaches out for help and uh, he's, he get, he gets it a little bit. You know, he gets no, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, this drama as soon as he gets on stage, if he reaches the mic, it's a successful set. <laughs> you know. I I think a lot of people are looking. He he he's a he's a great guy with a great spirit, and um, you know uh, I I hopefully won't uh, have to talk to him anymore since the podcast is over. But uh, no, I, I love Mary. I love him. I, he will always be in my heart and then uh, probably in my debt. He's a good man, and you're a, you're a good man for supporting him and so many others. I'm telling you, read this book. It's a great one. It's called Wanna Bet. Uh, really, shut this podcast down right now. Order it on Amazon, and I promise in two days your ribs will be sore from laughing. Uh, he's got a thousand <laughs> great stories. Artie, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, pal. Sal, you're a great man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, pal. All right, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, well, the Captain Morgan prop involves neither sports nor pop culture. It's a simple seasonal prop in which we ask, what is the worst thing about summer? Is it sunburn, one to four odds, mosquitoes, two to one odds, exposed toes, five to one odds, or speedos, eight to one odds? Let's check in with my Summer League of Legends, the Degenerate Trifecta. Parlay Kid? I'm taking a long shot here, the Speedo. This atrocity has diminished in popularity, but I won't rest until it's gone for good. Brother Bry? I'd rather be exposed to West Nile than exposed toes. Come on, people, put those sandals away. It's gross. Harry? Since I own a Speedo for each day of the week, I'll go with those pesky mosquitoes. There's nothing worse than getting bit on your butt when you're tanning naked, like I do. All right, now that we're completely disgusted, the Riverboat Casino manager has returned with the results. The worst thing about summer is, big upset here, Speedos, 8 to 1 odds. Hey Bubba, unless you're competing for the gold in the butterfly freestyle, no one needs to see you squeeze into a Speedo. Disgusting. So raise a refreshing team captain because we're officially in the underdog days of summer. Enjoy it, and don't forget to always summer like a captain. And remember, no matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. This is a real treat. Sitting next to me, right across from me, actually, I have an in-studio guest. It's very rare, but this guy recently took home a gold bracelet and $8.8 million at the 2018 World Series of Poker main event. What a, what a battle it was, too. John Sin, welcome to Against All Odds. 
Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. First question, <laughs> for my own sanity, do you have any of the money left? Do I have any of the money left? Yeah, I actually haven't spent very much of it. So. Really? Still, still in the bank account. <laughs> really? Okay, good. Because I got worried. Um, I was dealing with your publicist Ashley, and she asked if uh, we could have car service pick you up, which is what any good publicist <laughs> would do. And I'm like, oh my god, he spent all his money. He can't even get here in a car. This is terrible. No, that's a very valid concern. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just uh, we didn't sing. Yeah, we don't let give car service to anybody. I think Denzel hitchhiked last week. I'm pretty sure, but uh, but you're here now, which is great. Yeah, I'm here. I don't feel so bad about it anymore. <laughs> Do you carry it all on you, or how does it work? Um, I asked for some cash initially, but the majority of it just went through wire. It just uh, went to the wire, yeah, right into the bank, bank account. account. Yeah. I don't trust myself. With That's that unbelievable. Now, I was in Dallas uh, watching you, and it was 2.30 in the morning, and I was like, I was, it was spellbinding. Like, it was one-on-one. -on -one. I think you did 199 uh, heads up, hands. Was that it? That sounds correct. A yes. record shattered the record, I believe. At two thirty, I went to bed. I said, "You know what? I, I this has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to win any of this." But you guys played another five hours. You played till four fifty a.m. West Coast time in Vegas. Was that right? That sounds about right. <laughs> is that the longest you've ever played poker? Forget about just in a tournament. But is that the latest you ever clocked out at? No, I've definitely had my fair share of. Really? Uh, sessions that were 24 plus hours. Is that right? Mm -hmm. it, it's not uncommon for me to, you know, leave a game and, and the sun is coming back up. Wow. Um, but in a tournament setting and something so official, it was definitely weird. Yeah. And what is it like when you when it's just a regular tournament, not, not World Series of Poker, the highs must be higher than ever and the lows lower than ever when you walk out and you see it's it's light and it was it was light when you got there, but the day before, right? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you, you experience both emotions, but there's not a lot of lows at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. It's just euphoric, right? Just euphoric. Now your, your opponent, Tony Miles, I'm sure is a nice guy, but it was a little off-putting to look at. I have to be honest. He had his, <laughs> his, his ears were, were slightly pointy and I would, if I were you, I was thinking I might just, I might just chop this up. I mean, it's at four or five in the morning. Did you ever consider, like, saying, "Hey, let's just split this"? I'm really tired. I might do something stupid very soon. Um, or were you in it to win it from the beginning? Uh, it, I mean, it's it's always a thought. I think when you're playing for uh, that kind of money to to make some sort of deal, he actually did approach me during one of the breaks, and I told him uh, I wanted to talk to some people about it before I made any deal. Uh -huh. um, and then. The reality was all the breaks were, I mean, they felt really short, uh, mm -hmm. whether it would be to, you know, talk to my rail about some strategy or, or have to go to the bathroom or something like right. that. Yeah. Uh, so never really got a chance to counter offer to Tony, um, which I, I had an offer for him. But, uh, yeah, we didn't get to talk about it. We were both busy uh, during breaks and that's... Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't such a big deal to me that I, I struck a deal. So that oh, so I just just so you were at that point were you up like seventy to thirty, something like that, and then the, the um, deal would have coincided with those numbers. Or? When when he offered the deal, yeah. uh, I believe I was up slightly. I don't I don't remember the exact chip advantage. Gotcha. Uh, but the deal that he offered was to um, chop it and and I forget play for a number, play for like maybe one point five million or, or something like I that. I see. 
Um, but I think since that offer, I mean, our battle was pretty epic, I think. And yeah. we changed leads plenty of times. So there were there were plenty of times after that when he when he offered that uh, that either I was up big or that he was up big mm-hmm. or that we were about even. Um, so, I mean, there was, there was actually plenty of opportunities to talk about different ways to chop it. We just never got around to it. And the thing about the World Series of Poker, the main event, they put the money right on the table. <laughs> so the money you right could talk about chopping it, you know, in a, <laughs> in a back lot game or something. But when it's right in front of you, you barely, you have to look over the stack to see if you could figure out a tell. And it, yeah. so yeah, when it's <laughs> yeah. right there, you kind of just feel like yeah. breaking it all in, don't you? <laughs> um, to be honest, I was trying not to focus on the money. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's cruel. It's actually cruel. What they yeah, do. a little bit. You know, yeah. try to put a, put the pressure on you. I understand it's you uh-huh. know, good for uh, image and press and whatnot. But I honestly, I didn't know, you know, whether that was officially the money, all the money, or or what place money was on the table. It could have been all fake for all yeah. I knew. You know, it so. was. Yeah, check your bank account. You <laughs> yeah. Make sure that part is real, at yeah. least. Um, when it's 199 heads-up games, are there even tells anymore? Are you just what? What's your strategy as a boy? Because you bluffed, he bluffed, he mm-hmm. he went strong on on hands, good hands. He, you did, you didn't. You know what? What is? What's even the rationale behind that? You know. Uh... Tony and his team, whether uh, he got coaching or whatnot, I give him a ton of credit. He came out and played completely different than I had expected him to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, the longer the game goes, a, a couple things happen. Uh, one, our, our stacks get smaller. Uh, so, you know, when in any given hand, things can go either way and pretty much determine the tournament the longer the tournament goes, and right. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, you know, you, you do, it, you, it gives you more opportunities to pick up on patterns or, or tells and whatnot also at the same time. Right. Um, so I, you know, and you're exhausted as well, right? <coughs> so that, and, that we're exhausted. Factor. Yeah. And, but, but we started so deep, uh, in the beginning, um, I didn't expect it to last as long as it did, mm-hmm. uh, whether that means I, I won or not, but, uh, definitely, you know, there, there was a lot of opportunity there to, to play poker and, mm-hmm. and to figure each other out head, in each other's heads-up game. Yeah. All right, let's go to the last hand. So um, he, there's $25 million to call. You have king-jack clubs. He has queen-eight offsuit. Mm-hmm. You're feeling good. But, you know, 199 hands, this is 120 of them have been probably about like this anyway, right? Sure. Yeah, going in. Okay. So you call the 25 flop a pair of kings and a five so you're ecstatic now uh trip yeah trip kings trip kings for you. uh that's i mean i i almost couldn't believe when i heard jack announce the board i was like mm-hmm. oh my god i hit the jackpot i mm-hmm. can't believe i just hit trip kings right perfect poker face yep. you don't let on at <laughs> all poker face uh what percent chance of winning do you think you have right there um percent chance against his his range well you, yeah you, winning you, the hand right without uh, knowing his hand yeah Without knowing his hand, um, that's a good question. Uh, Thank I believe. You. Uh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> yeah, uh, finally a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. There was a flush out there, a flush draw out there. Uh, right. I should say that I was a little bit concerned about. Um, I think that's about a little over twenty percent chance to hit the turn. 
Um, hard to say, you know, what percentage I win the hand because you don't know what action is going to happen on the turn. Sure. You don't know, uh, you know, what's going to come on the turn in the river and, and all that stuff. Um, but but as far as a I flop felt, goes, this is right. as, as solid as you felt in forty yeah, hands is, or something. This is, a, yeah. this is extreme. This is probably one of the best flops I got. Gotcha. Uh, during the during the heads up match. Sure. All right. And so, then on the turn, I'm really only scared of just over or just under a fourth of the cards. Right now, the best thing happens on the turn. You call. Actually, he bets thirty two million. You slow play it. I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to be part of this. You're in. Sure. Pulls an eight. So now he has a pair of eights. That he does. So now he's got to kind of commit, right? Uh, he, uh, well, I don't think he has to commit. Okay. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, if I were him, I, I like his hand as a check much better than a, a jam. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he doesn't check. No, he does not. He's all in. 114 all million. In. Yes, yes, he is. And then you do a diabolical thing, I think. I think. <laughs> You're going to tell me I'm crazy, but. Yeah. You you win. You're a hundred percent at this point because he's not gonna. F- what beats a, a a full house now? Well, I, I don't have a. Full oh, house. you didn't have it until the. I'm sorry, until the river, right? Uh, I actually am not sure what came on the river. I think the eight, right? Then you have a. I don't know what it was. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I think you did have a full house. I, I just knew I when we when we got it in on the turn. I knew yeah. he was drawing dead. He, right, right. He had drawing dead outs. on the turn. Mm. Yeah, I watched it five times last night. How come I <laughs> can't figure this out? But you waited. You waited anyway. You knew you were going to win, but you waited. What was that? Was that just uh, I'm tired? Maybe um, I'm not looking at this right? No. So on the obviously when the flop comes, I'm loving life. Right. Nothing can go better than, you know, I, I can't ask for anything better than that. Uh-huh. Um, when the turn comes, obviously a, a great turn for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not scared of much, uh, but king-queen beats me, ace-king beats me, uh, any full house beats me. Um, and, and I'm in really bad shape against those. Uh, with that said, I'm, I'm probably not folding. Uh, I, I did, because of the some of the feedback that I got, uh, or the criticism, I guess, a couple of people called it a slow roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did go back and watch it. Um, and what, I mean, from my thought process at the time, mm-hmm. and looking back on it, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was too bad. I, initially, I asked for a count. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to do that to see if I call and I'm wrong, how many chips do I have left? Gotcha. Uh, and Listen, I'm not asking to apologize. Sh- oh, no, 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 no way. Um, no yeah. way. I'm you're not, you're no, no, the no. king right now. No you apologies. take all the time you want. I just thought it was great. Right. Well, yeah. Great, uh, great drama, great theater. Yeah, no, it's it was definitely, you know, it, it was a thought process to see how much chips I would have left. Uh, mm-hmm. It was um, a thought process. Well, and And... As I was counting out my chips, mm-hmm. I realized I have a big hand and I'm probably not folding, but I don't want to, you know, make it feel like a slow roll. So I, I'm, I wanted to announce my hand to him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started saying I, I didn't call with ace king or king queen, and I, I was about to say, but I did call with king jack, but I didn't know if that was against the rules. Oh right, because I saw you right, go to the yeah. And and obviously in that spot, I don't want to break any rules, even though I'm fairly confident that I can mm-hmm. say what I have. I. I, I don't want to risk it, so I asked Jack, uh, and, and he says, you know, it's it's fine as long as you know you're not asking him about the contents. You can't. He can't sure. answer question, right? Sure. Was that the thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, so at at that point, uh, I just you know talk to myself a little bit more and go, holy crap, 
no matter what happens, if I call, this tournament is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a- a- everything that happened. Right. And and there was one really big hand earlier in the tournament where uh, I had two pair, and, and he went all in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was one of the only few all-ins that I had recalled. Uh, and, he, and he obviously bluffed it mm-hmm. if he saw that hand. And from that point on, my thought process was he saw me think about it with a really weak hand. I don't think he's gonna try and bluff me all in again. Yeah. So I, I thought to myself, if he goes all in, it's he probably has it, and you should probably fold. Uh, so I, I did have to like you know kind of, it wasn't it wasn't, I was probably there was there was no point where I talked myself yeah into folding and then back into calling gotcha. the whole time I was calling. You were but going. Yeah. Just have to give myself, you know, a minute or two. Just so, but to make sure. but he it was essentially a bluff from him, right? Pair of eights to to stake it all. Uh, I you know I've heard counter arguments on on both sides. Mm-hmm. In my eyes, it's a bluff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everything that beats him just calls, and a few hands that he beats, I might call with. Uh, but I I mean that's very slim, and that's if I call. So right. in my mind, it's it's a bluff. Right. Um. So. Okay, and then you win, you wait to call, you call, and that's it. And it's, it's pay dirt, and you're chewing on your hoodie, Yeah. and <laughs> your parents are in the stands. I printed out a picture, um, because pictures work great on podcasts. But anyway, this is your parents are in the stands. This is you and your dad hung, uh, embracing. What a big moment that is right it, there. It, it really is a big moment. I, I don't think there's been a moment... In his eyes, where he's been prouder than me. Uh, Speaking of and, his eyes, they're closed. I, I don't know if he's sleeping because it's five in the morning, and he's just uh, thankful that he could get. I think he was he was near crying. Was near, he really? Near tears. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was. I, I hate to say this or admit this, but he was probably way more emotional about it than I was. Of course. Um, yeah. But I mean, I was in shock and drained. So. Uh huh. And how long after that picture is taken is he asking for money? Is it does he wait till the <laughs> celebratory breakfast afterwards or? Um, no, he was actually uh, pretty good. They actually haven't asked me uh, for money yet. Yeah, but that good. I mean, that it's will coming. Come. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely come. <laughs> um, did people stake you? I think I heard that uh, you had a few people back you a little bit. It's ten um, grand to join, and then. Back, I think, is the wrong word. Um, I sold a few pieces to friends Mm -hmm. uh, just to sweat. I I don't sell at markup. Um, What does that mean, a few pieces? Like a couple, uh, 10%, 20%, like something like that? um, I don't know if I can disclose actual numbers yet. All right. Uh, But I had a decent amount sold to friends. And then Mm -hmm. throughout the tournament, uh, I accumulated a couple swaps as well. Mm -hmm. Were the friends in the stands? To support you, were they wearing the Sin City T-shirts? Oh yeah, they yeah, were there. They were all there. Yeah, they were of course. All there wearing, yeah. And at any point, are you like, screw these guys? I'm the one battling here. I have to stay awake. I have to do this. Why did I? Why did I give them so much of my? Uh, oh no. My um, I mean, most of the people that I sold to or swap with, I think, played actually a pretty big role in my win did as they? well. Okay. Yeah, whether it be you know, uh, historically, whether they helped me grow as grow as a player. Or whether they were on the rail, you know, talking strategy and stuff like right. that. So, uh, can't can't be too upset at this point. Right. You're too nice a guy. But <laughs> let, now here's what's amazing: you finished 11th in 2016. I don't think anyone has put that in perspective in any of the articles I've read on this. Like, it's not like Doyle Brunson finishing in the top 10 twice when there were 25 guys playing. Right. No offense to the old poker players, but there was 
over 7,700 competitors in the same in two years ago. It's an astounding uh, accomplishment. Sure. Uh, it, it is a great accomplishment. And I think in a lot of years, it would have been a decent story. But I also have Joe Cotta at the table who, mm-hmm. you know, who actually won the event. Right. So, I mean, that's, you know, and, and Joe Cotta is an absolute beast. I don't know if you know, but as soon as he busted fifth, he jumped into a $1,500 tournament and won that tournament. Did he really? Yeah. It's wow. incredible, that guy. That's but, pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. All right. But don't sell yourself short. 11th <laughs> and, for, I mean, there's nowhere to go now. 11th and 1st. If you could have knocked out one player in the heads-up final table, heads-up, who would it be? Out of all the players in heads-up? Anybody. Yeah. Anybody. If in I history. could have beat him. Yeah, if it's you and him for the $8.8 million, or you and her, you're heads-up against one, oh, one player. Oh, any, any one player. Anybody, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh I know there's a deep cut here. That's yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with uh, one of the guys that advised me. I'm I'm gonna say Jungle Man. Really, yeah, Jungle Man? <laughs> I mean, he's the he's the heads up he's the heads up king. Wow. Yeah, I I don't think I would have a chance against him, but uh huh. You know, if we're living in a theoretical world where I win, I, I'm gonna say I, he's to get more than Man. more than Phil Ivey, <laughs> Negreanu, any of those guys. Um, Jungle Man. Yeah, I think Ben Affleck. No, you don't care. No, eh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Now, okay, now you live in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You have nine million dollars and a gambling problem. <laughs> I don't know if this is a great idea. I have to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't have the itch. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted to go into the pits and, and gamble, uh-huh. uh, but the the logical side and and. Thankfully, the side that prevailed said, there, you can't win, you know? Mm-hmm. What, what are you going to do? Win another couple hundred thousand? And that, what, what's that going to do for right. you? But if I lost that, you know, I'd be, I'd be ready to fire away, of you know? Of course. And, and could be bad. So, yeah. Uh, thankfully, I, I avoided that one. That is a good, a very good tact, I would say. Mm-hmm. I hope you stick to that. What about investing-wise? You're talking to people? I don't think you should talk to anyone. You sound, <laughs> what you just said to me is... You probably know as much as anybody you're about to talk to. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think. Yeah. I think one of the reasons I do well is because I, I find people that are smarter than me and, mm-hmm. and fortunate enough to have a lot of friends that are smarter than me, whether it be in poker or investing. Right. Um, I've been doing crypto for the past year, year and a half. Yeah. Uh, split my time between poker and that. So definitely going to continue doing. That. Tell me about that. Please tell me it's something that I, so I don't know about crypto. Tell me it's going away so I don't have to learn about it. Or, no, it's here to stay. Uh, it, I believe it is here to stay. Really? So you're dividing your time. So you 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 could make a fortune off that if you put your mind to it. Sure, uh, I think I could do okay. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, I I do want to diversify a bit and, mm-hmm. and look into other areas where I could put my money in for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, moving backward a little, you would uh, in co- you went to college uh, IU right Indiana. Indiana. You would drive to French Lick. For uh, tournaments, uh, for cash games, that definitely cash happened. games. Yeah, I don't think they had tournaments, right? But they had a poker room. Wow! So, so you're a legend in French like You're basically oh, Larry man. Bird. I, I don't know about that. I was, you know, back then, you know, a, a hundred to three hundred dollar buy-in was big for me. Yeah. So I, I was playing with a with a small stakes mm-hmm. poker guys. And then was it ten years later that you're you're the champ? <laughs> um, sports gambling. That you don't uh, you don't partake. Um, you know, same thing with gambling. Uh, mm-hmm. I I allow myself to when I 
go to the games or, or have an interest at stake. Right. Uh, but I, I set a pretty clear rule against myself. In, in what is it? Please tell general. me what it is. Uh, don't don't bet on sports. Oh, interesting. All right, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty good advice. Pretty sound <laughs> advice. But um, so you're saying like if you're watching a game and you want to just make it interesting, you'll, sure, yeah. you'll put a little. What's your favorite? Football, basketball? Um, probably basketball. Basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you try to figure it out more than just um, no? Uh, there, there, the when I was yeah, when I was in when I was in college, I was pretty obsessive with sports and you know um, created models for for fantasy sports and stuff like that, uh, which were you know very amateurish. Uh-huh. Uh, but at this point, I, I'm not doing any sort of analysis. I'm I'm barely keeping up with you know some of my teams. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's just too hard to? Um, it's it, just too tight. It's everything? too. It's, uh, oh, you're talking about the gambling? Yeah, everything. Like if you were to, you know, expound on this system or yeah, fantasy I, or otherwise. I, I don't think I'm I'm smart enough to model something that can beat the lines. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just it it's tough. Every, there there's a lot of sharp people out there that are a lot smarter than me, saying I can make lines that can beat you. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. I'm looking at you. You got you got <laughs> ice water in your veins. I'm not sure that's that's true. <laughs> well, uh, listen, it's been a pleasure. If you're looking to invest in Two-team football teasers uh, this fall. I promise we could blow through the 8.8 and before Halloween. All right, let's. Yeah, I'm down. Let's give it a whirl. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, John Sin. Everybody, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. Shoot us an email at cousinsalgainstalloodds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy come alive 11:35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for John Sin and Sal. Happy handicap. Nah, nah, nah.